Welcome to another episode of Them Asperger's. Hello! And it's new episode time. Are you excited? Yeah. Are you though? Mm. It seems like you are. I am. Uh, nothing new going on in the autism world, I don't think. Uh, for us, anyway. For us. Obviously, I don't mean like in general. <laughs> in scientific development. There probably isn't. Do you not think? I don't know. What would you want to develop? What are st- like studies and stuff? Oh, yeah. Discoveries. Yeah, I guess so. But yeah, it's uh, everything's going on fine. There's nothing weird happening. We're all good. Um, my, I think I've had like a, I've had a relatively easy burger week. Uh, and I've realised that for me, uh, I think I feel like certain people make me more, I mean, make me behave more autistically than others. I feel like certain it is. people. Yeah. Okay. So certain people make me more. Um, well, not like they trigger my autism, I suppose, but they make me feel a certain way or make me do certain things and behave a certain way. And so it it makes it difficult for me to uh, supposed to hide my autism. I mean, it's it sounds odd, but yeah, there's just certain people that don't like. You know what I mean, like I have to have everything a certain way, or everything has to be done a certain way. And yeah, there's just certain people that aren't capable of doing that, and are very like disruptive to like how I need things to be, uh, and therefore it it kind of makes. Do you know what I mean like certain parts of my autism like come out more more visible yeah i suppose more visible so it's not like certain people make you feel like you can't be your autistic self it's almost like the opposite of that where around uh, around so usually when you're outside in in i guess public you mask constantly and certain people make it difficult for you to have the mask in place yeah, it's, okay. it's weird. There's, there's just this people that the way they are and the way they do things is uh, it, it sort of reacts like it creates like a where it reacts negatively with me. Uh, and then I struggle to um, function, I suppose, which is, yeah, it's it's I think that's probably the best way to explain it. Do you have an example? Um. Of like something that somebody could do that makes it difficult. So I suppose like we've talked about, I suppose on a basic level, just like tone of voice. Yeah. Um, or just the way they do things. Um, like I used to work with someone that's really unorganized, like really unorganized. Um, and obviously I need everything to be a certain way. I need everything to be sorted out a certain way and everything to, you know, like a, I have like a schedule in my head of how everything should go. How everything should look. Uh, I'm not very good with with mess. So you know, like when something's really messy, and there's like stuff everywhere. You know, nothing's yeah. where it should be. The you know you're having to step over things on the floor. Like having to step over stuff on the floor seems to irritate me uh, more so than you'd think. Um, if the floor spaces aren't clear where they should be, if I trip over stuff, if I've got to walk around things, if there's stuff everywhere. Um, do you know what I mean? Like it, it makes me more sort of agitated. Uh, and yeah, I used to work with someone that was just a very messy person. You know, like everything they did, they just would leave stuff lying around and could just work in an absolute like, do you know what I mean? State of stuff. 
uh, and I couldn't. So I'd, and this person I worked for, they were like in charge. So they weren't like thinking, oh, well, you know, I should probably put somebody on this to clean this or sort this out or reorganize this. They're like too busy doing something else that's, for me, not nearly as important as the, you need to organize and sort this mess out. You know? Yeah. Uh, and then there was somebody else that was also like, you know, in charge and they were like really tidy. So when I came and worked with them, they were really tidy. Everything was put away. Everything was fine. And I always felt normal. But when it's an absolute mess all the time, I feel the need to like sort it out and tidy it up. Or if that's not what, the, you know, the job I'm doing that day, uh, it kind of, I kind of, I'm like pushing them to make somebody clean it up, you know, and then they're just like, well, I will get around to it. And I'm kind of like, get around to it now because yeah. this is horrible. Um, or I'll forget the thing I was supposed to be doing, which is it also has a negative effect because um, I've got like a plan. I've got the thing I was going to do that day. And now I can't focus on anything but the state of things. Yeah. So then I have to start trying to sort it out myself because nobody else is. And then, you know, I'm even more like bothered because the plan I had can't be followed right now. Yeah. Because this will be too much of a distraction for me. And yeah, it's like that. That's an example of just certain people that I interact with, just the way they behave. And it's not, it's not even like that. I mean, that's like a physical thing they do. Some people just, they're like the way they do things or the way they see things or, you know, I mean? like the way they talk. Uh, it's just certain people, like, it does something to me that makes me behave more autistically than um, other people. Yeah. Um, yeah, no. And that's it. And yeah, like this week, I've uh, I noticed a difference. So this is just something that made me think about it. Uh, there's somebody that I do work with currently who is someone that makes me like more agitated and more bothered. Uh, and that, you know, yeah, that makes me like my autism come out more so or I'm more aware of my autism. But then this week, um, I've been working with somebody else who is completely different. And I've not felt autistic at all all week. I haven't thought about it. It hasn't been something that's come up. It hasn't been something that I thought, oh, that's, you know, that's because of my autism. Um, and yeah, it was just, uh, I've noticed that like certain people bring a reaction out in me that uh, other people make me do it. Like, because I don't, when I'm not out in public and when I'm at home, um, you know, when I'm in my own space, I don't ever feel like I'm different or feel autistic or you know feel my autism but then when I'm out with other people that's when I notice it yeah uh, and not with everyone certain people I don't feel like I'm autistic at all and then other people I don't initially feel autistic around them um it's just they do things that I start behaving differently and then you know that makes me think what is this uh and it's to do with I suppose uh yeah. Is there like a certain type of personality that you find is one that you're more, not really comfortable, but is there a certain or certain characteristics that you feel make you make it easier for you to mask and certain characteristics that really stick out to you as ones that make you feel more autistic? What, around other people? Yeah. No, I, it's, it's, it's just I feel it. So like... um I can always tell when it's happening because we've talked about this, but like I get kind of annoyed and angry and like aggressive when usually when something's triggering my autism in a negative way. Obviously, my autism can be triggered in a positive way. 
Um, there's people I'm around like yourself where you also like trigger my autism, but not in a bad way. So like I can be more me. Yeah. And I mask a lot less around you than I would with other people because I don't feel like I have to, you know. Yeah. So I just do my, you know, weird stuff, like the weird things that I've got and my weird behaviours, you know, my stims and that kind of thing that I would never do in public. I'll just do around you at random. Yeah. Um. So that's like a positive thing. I don't, but then like once again, when I do my weird stims and Jeremy uh, likes some of my strange noises or like <laughs> weird voices or like that kind of thing, I don't ever feel like, oh, that was weird. I've just done that. You know, that's, uh, you know, I don't think like, oh, oh no, you know, I'm, I'm being autistic. It, it, it doesn't enter my head. It, only For me, I only notice that I'm doing something that would be deemed autistic when the thing I'm doing is negative or could be seen negatively, if you know what I mean. So like it's when I'm doing a behavior that's a bad one. I think when I do my positive, because sometimes I do stim in public, um, but I don't ever straight after I've done it gone, oh, my autism, you know? Yeah. So I, I all my positive stuff. It's fine. I can do it in public and not feel anything of it. Like even if I do like weird um, reorganizing of something or just odd little like ticks or that kind of thing, I don't ever feel embarrassed or like, oh, no, my autism's showing. It's only when the negative autistic babies of mine show that I feel weird about it. And then have to know what's triggered it or where it's come from or and then you know what I mean? like and then in my case, I'll start trying to figure out who's responsible for it because I reckon that my negative ones don't come out ever when my, when I'm on my own they only come around when I'm around other people so yeah oh that's interesting and then I feel bad about it because I'm annoyed that they've made me do this and like it's if I get agitated or angry because I don't get angry or agitated over normal stuff you know the things that would normally make other people angry or agitated they don't bother me the only things that bother me are the things that you would think why would someone be bothered by that? And it's like just something being a bit of a mess or somebody's tone of voice or um, like for me, it's weird. But like when I try and explain something to someone and I'm trying to explain to them my point of view and I'm trying to tell them this is how this is going to work and this is what to do. And they kind of brush it off. And um, do you know what I mean? Like pretend like I haven't just said something. Like I get that a lot. Those that know I'm autistic, that aren't like close to me, but know I'm autistic anyway for like work reasons or whatever. Yeah. When I've told them something and I've told them something that's just, it makes sense, it's logical, it's something that, you know, I've told you this is how this is and you just think, yeah, okay, that makes total sense. Um, but they choose not to listen to that and they just think that I'm overreacting because I'm autistic and they almost do the patronising, yeah, okay, yeah, I'll... Uh, I'll take that under advisement, you know. Do you know what I mean? And they yeah. just sort of brush me off. Those people, uh, that's where I have a problem um, because I don't mind people recognising that I've got autism, but, you know, when someone chooses to, you know what you're doing is not an autistic behaviour, but they're choosing to label what you're doing at the moment as that. Oh, yeah. For me, I struggle, and that's where, like, I have issues. Like, I've lost jobs in the past, Um because they've decided to go, oh, you know, well, yeah, you know, you would say that, you know, because you're a bit like whatever. Uh, and then I've decided to say something. It, it almost triggers a like immediate reaction from me that's me. And I will say and do something that I guess would be considered not correct etiquette, you know. Yeah. Um, 
I will, you know, not call them a name, but say something straight after that's not thing. And it's because I feel like I'm being patronized and I'm being treated, you know, lesser. I'm being treated lesser because yeah. I'm because I'm autistic. Yeah. I mean, obviously I can't necessarily prove that's what's happening. But I get that I'm making a valid point and what I've said is logical and it makes sense and that is what it is. But they're deciding because they don't see it from the angle I'm seeing it as or they haven't worked it out like I have and they believe that what they're doing is the correct way they've decided to go. Do you know what? He's got something wrong with him anyway, so let's just ignore what he's saying. Um, That is always the one that invokes the... uh, I think one of the stronger reactions out of me is when somebody just sort of dismisses what I'm doing because they just think, Ellie's autistic, he can't help himself, you know. Yeah. Like you've told me before that you've spoke to people uh, and you've heard them use the phrase about me, well, he can't help himself, can he? Or he doesn't really understand what he's saying. Yeah. Uh, and you know that I do understand what I'm doing and I, you know, the thing I'm doing is for a reason. But they're choosing to dismiss everything I'm doing because they're just like, well, Ellie is autistic, isn't he? So he can't really... Uh, can't really fathom how this works yeah do you know what i mean like that for me when anybody does that that's where i have my like strongest reaction and you know there's no part of me that says don't say what you're about to say because you could get fired or this is a bad thing for you to do right now it's just it's overwhelming and you know i say to you all the time i can't help the way i behave sometimes yeah um which sounds weird it sounds like i'm just kind of accepting you know and just sort of saying i can't be bothered to do something about this but it's almost involuntary. You know, like how, you know, like when you, I mean, you hate this, but this is a good example. You know, when you go to the doctor and you, they make you do that thing where you cross your leg, you know, the reflex test where they, oh, yeah. they hit your knee with that weird little like circular hammer thing and it makes your leg do the jolt thing. Yeah. And it doesn't matter how much you try to mm. not jolt your leg because I imagine you, because you hate that because I do that to you sometimes. I really, like, I think I don't, the reason I hate it is because it just, it irritates me that I can't control it. Yeah, exactly. So, like, you hate the fact that no matter what, because I know where that spot is, and sometimes you'll be sitting there cross-legged, and I'll, like, karate chop that part of your knee. <laughs> Not hard, but, no. like, enough to make your leg do the twitch, and you're like, oh, stop it, stop it. <laughs> um, like, and it's it's kind of like that. Like, I genuinely, it's a reflex reaction for me, is, and it's hard to explain this to people, but I have reflex reactions to stuff where I will say something that may not be like ideal or great or, you know, something that should be said, but I can't help it. Yeah. Like I will say it. I feel like having to, it should be in writing somewhere for me that sometimes I'll say stuff that may be considered horrible or, you know, like out of place or, you know, isn't the right way of doing things. I'll work it out eventually. And quite soon after I'll realize that I shouldn't have done it. And I'll be like, sorry, I said that. Sometimes. So Sometimes. <laughs> It depends on. I, I like that you like people can't see that I made a face then, but so but like, do you know what I mean? I do with you and other people, but obviously, like, it's, it depends on how they react. So, like, if I say what they say and then they say something that makes it worse, it's fine. But I feel like when I do this stuff, I guess if somebody just ignore not ignores it, but just sort of goes, uh, you know, like, okay, fine, like, you know, I, I get it. Um, like if I actually saying okay fine actually bothers me I actually had someone recently where I did say something that was I guess considered slightly aggressive and they went okay fine that for me is like is it me no (laughs) that for me is like them dismissing it and then I start feeling like they're patronizing me again going all right Nikki whatever you say you know so that doesn't really help but there are certain reactions to that 
it would be I could think about a reaction that would work that would make me realize that it's just one of my reflex reactions to something yeah and then I would know to like later on down the line be like I'm sorry but I think it's weird because obviously my autism not everybody's autism but mine the way it presents itself is in a way that gets me into trouble a lot you know like I do things that you know upset people or you know like can get me fired or in trouble or that kind of thing and it's always one of because obviously there's other people that are on the spectrum like yourself who your reactions to stuff wouldn't ever cause you trouble in that way you know it's weird that most of mine are thing and it's I guess it's it's weird I can't really have like a risk assessment where I say so I might you know say something that might upset you or I might be offensive or you know I might react in a way that if anybody else did it you'd be like suspending them or they'd be taking disciplinary action but you've got to understand that with my autism I just have these reflex reactions to stuff that may be considered you know yeah but like, I can't see people going along with that you know I know that everybody's got to be like more understanding um on a side note there's a supermarket near us now that you know like there's autism hours yeah that we've talked about before in previous episodes there's a supermarket now that's doing a night every week that's an autism night um, and they're going to turn the music off, turn the lights down. They're turning the noises off all their self-service machines. Um, they're doing like a queue for people with autism. So if you're on the spectrum, you can use this queue and it's faster. So you won't be stood about waiting with other people. Um, and there's all these other things or something else. Oh, yeah, if, you, if you're not good walking around the shop and finding what you want, there's somebody that will aid people on the spectrum around the store to find the things that they want um, or even run it through on the checkout if you're struggling so it's for people that are autistic autistic that can't just go to the shop they can go to this shop and do it and they're doing it every week now yeah and obviously autism hours that i've been we've seen before it's just they turn the music down and the lights down and then that's it this one's got like all kinds of other stuff that i've not seen before and they're doing it on a weekly basis so obviously like places are becoming more and more understanding of autism mm. Which is great, you know, that's like one of the reasons we do the podcast is to explain specifically Asperger's, but do you know what I mean, like the different variations of it. But yeah. I, I feel like some of the some of the accommodations that I would require, you know, like or things to put in place for me just aren't feasible as much as everybody wants to, do you know what I mean, like be accepting yeah. and mental health. I can't be like, so I may say some stuff. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, we've had this discussion before, I think, where you've said, well, it needs to be like this. And I think I've had, I've been, my response has been, you can't expect people to be okay with that. Yeah. So then obviously I can't expect people to be okay with the fact that um, I may react in certain ways that I have no control over. And it sounds weird, even sometimes when I say it to you, that I have no control over some of the things I do. You're always just like... Yeah, but do you though? Like you always do it with me all the time. Because obviously you don't have that. And I'm always saying to you, I can't help it. Yeah. I have these yeah. reflex things to him. Whereas obviously like, you know, like you've got the reflex of when it's a bright light, you know, it, it does something like you can't see very well. Yeah. We've done that thing where certain motions make you feel sick. You know, as much as I say to you, I could say to you, don't try and feel sick. You know, yeah. Don't feel sick. Just just don't feel sick next time and you'll be fine. It doesn't mean that you're not going to. And it's it's for me, it's that strong. Like my reactions to stuff my aggressive ones or the ones that are considered negative 
I can't control them. Um, I've tried, Jimmy, I've tried loads of different things um, to control it and I can't, um, you know, like it's kind of, it's developed as I've got older when I was younger, it involved throwing things and breaking things. And I think I've talked about before where I've smashed stuff up that I actually liked or wanted because it was just a reaction. Um, you know, I've, I've done other stuff like that. It used to be physical, not towards people, but, um, towards my own things. You know, like, but then I managed to, I might, it then developed into not breaking stuff and only being aggressive toward things that can't break. You know? Yeah. Pillows, mattresses, things that doesn't matter what you do to them, you're not yeah. going to snap them, you know. Uh, and then eventually that seemed to evolve into just the things I say. And now it's just words. I don't, I don't have physical reactions to stuff anymore now. It's just no. verbal reactions to stuff. But it's always there. It's, you know, like it's it's not going to go away no matter how much I try not to do it. My best way of doing it at the moment to control it is to just not involve myself in situations that I know will cause that reaction in me. I know that I can't control the way I'll behave, um, but I can control, I suppose, who I talk to and who I involve myself with. Um but then, you know, I've got the the problem of, especially, you know, I don't know if you're the same on this, but you ever been in a situation that's really bad and it's not good for you and it like triggers your autism in a sense, but everybody else that you're with seems okay with it and therefore they're not going to do something about it. So say, for example, I go to a place and it's a mess, but everybody else that's there is okay with the fact that it's a mess. Yeah. And they don't want to do anything about it because it doesn't bother them. I then become the only person that it bothers. And therefore, I have to involve myself in that situation to fix it because nobody else is going to because they all are okay with it. Therefore, I have to then put myself in a situation where one of these weird like negative reflex reactions I have will happen. Yeah. You know, um, and I can't stay out of it. So like I can avoid stuff to a certain level, but like the, you know, the more and more I go out into the NT world and obviously I have a job and I have to get involved in the NT world all the time, like on a daily basis, there's always going to be these like pitfalls that I'm going to get involved in or I can't avoid. I can like yeah. limit myself as much as I can, but short of just not having a job and staying at home and not going out, they're always going to happen. But I always find it weird that my traits or some of my traits or some of my reactions to stuff are ones that will get me into trouble quite a lot. Whereas, uh, I don't think you've got any of them. I don't think you have ones that are, will get you into trouble, particularly. You'll seem all, you know, internal on yourself. Yeah, I don't... Uh, yeah, I don't think I really get into trouble with any particular... It's weird. I can't really think about traits that I have that are public publicy. Like ones that are different when I'm in public to when I'm not. Yeah. If that makes sense. Whereas with a lot of yours, I feel like they're triggered by external like people. People. A lot of yours are triggered by people around you, whereas I don't really think that mine are. Yeah, I would say that thinking about it, most of my traits, I suppose, are only visible or, um, yeah, you can only tell they're there when I'm interacting with people. Or out in out and about. Yeah. Mine don't come out anywhere else. Yeah. Uh, whereas yours are yours are constant. They can come out at any point, no matter what. They can happen when you're on your own. Yeah. 
generally they can happen when you're out in wherever you just get them whereas mine seem to be socially triggered all of mine are socially triggered whereas yours you know like the your environment can trigger them um just thought processes you have smells do you know what I mean like it's uh it's whatever like I was thinking about it which is kind of I guess where this episode was going is they're more like autistic tells you know yeah things that you can't control that show you're autistic because I, I do wonder because obviously like when you got diagnosed that's what they look for you know the people that diagnose yeah uh, and we mentioned that when we went to your diagnosis um the guy that diagnosed you I came to a couple of your appointments with you yeah and even though I believe that I'm really good at masking and not appearing autistic he said that he could tell almost immediately that I was uh, and it's something that I, I thought about a while uh, after. Uh, I haven't thought about it for a while since. And I was trying to work out what it is that I do that he can tell means I'm autistic. Because I feel like I blend in better than most. I would say that most people can't identify that I am unless they really know what they're looking for. Then apparently there's things I do that make it obvious. But I couldn't work out what it was that he was seeing that made it obvious that I was. Yeah. You know? Uh, he, like he said it and he just went I kind of figured you might be and I was just like and I remember thinking like oh okay yeah you know you, you're obviously good at your job but then I just kept thinking like but what is it that I do yeah um and yeah it made me think about for this episode like autistic tells you know sort of like poker no yeah. matter how much you try there's things you do that show that you're not the same as what's expected or you're not like the everybody else you know that's neurotypical well I would say that um when I have seen you interact around people, you do have, um, you definitely have some tells. Yeah, and it's, I mean, I'll ask you what they are, but it's, it's just these involuntary autistic things that you do that you have no control over, no matter how much you want to. Yeah. Well, what's one of the ones that I do? Well, when you're... I'm sure I just saw a bird fall out of a tree. Surely it didn't. It's a bird. It can't... I don't know. Sorry, that very, that really distracted me. Um, So when you're around people... I mean, this isn't... This is... It's not so much necessarily always an autistic thing, but it's... I would say the extent of it with you is probably what makes it more obvious, is that when you're around people that you don't necessarily know that well um you're I mean I would say you come across as potentially shy but it's more than that you just don't talk you won't talk unless you're spoken to which I'm like that so I, I understand but yours is like to even more than mine even like when there's a, a chance for you to sort of say something you just you you don't like to a point of it's almost like you're mute yeah oh yeah yeah i know what you mean like uh the other day when we had to have that uh group conversation yeah uh and uh yeah well it was me you and somebody else on the phone i wasn't talking yeah because i'm a bit like that as in i i'm not a big talker generally but if i'm around like uh people that I don't really know as much as I do feel like that and I do not like to talk I also think well I need to talk to a certain extent to not 
seem different or too sort of too shy or anything but with you you will just like radio silence yeah yeah I suppose you uh yeah I mean I've always been that way I don't talk to anybody unless they talk to me first yeah um it's just lucky for me most people will say hello when they see you and that's all I need is I just need the hello but no yeah but then after that you it will be hello hello and then there's nothing more from you I suppose yeah um but it's the same, like, even if I know someone. So uh, when I turn up for work in the morning, I'll turn up at, like, you know, work. If the person that I'm on with doesn't acknowledge or doesn't say hello to me, I won't say hello to them, even if I know them. Um, and we won't talk. There's been loads of times where I've got to work and the person I'm on with just hasn't spoken to me, so I haven't spoken to them. And it will go on for, like, it can go on for as long as it takes for them to say something to me. But if they don't, I won't talk to them, even if I've known them for a long time. And obviously with neurotypical people, they think that something's up. Like they go like say half an hour, 45 minutes, and then they realize that neither one of us has spoken to each other, but they just assume that there's something wrong with me at that point. The amount of people that think that I'm then must be bothered about something or upset about something because I'm not talking and I'm mute. Um, they just assume that I have something on my mind or I'm upset about something and therefore they don't want to ask. So they, like, no one ever asks me what's wrong. I just seem like the kind of person that you don't say what's wrong to or are you all right? No one ever asks me that. They just assume that something's up and I don't want to talk about it. And then I have this, like, weird, they just assume that something's wrong with me. Whereas if they'd have just said hello at the start of the morning, I would have talked, but... And like you say, if I know them, then I will have like an actual conversation with them and ask them like what they've been up to and that kind of thing. But if I don't know them, it's yeah, it's more like an echo, the conversation we're having. I'll just repeat what they've said. So if they say hello, I'll say hello back. And then if they ask me how I've been, I'll then ask them how they've been. And it just works that way. Yeah. But I would say it's quite a big tell of yours because it is something that's quite obvious. Like it will become quite apparent if you know, you're having, you're in a group or something and there's conversation going on for hours, but you haven't spoken. Yeah. It's quite a, it definitely would make you, it makes you stand out, I would say. Yeah, it's weird. I, I seem to be able to control, I think, all my physical autistic traits. I just can't control any of my social ones. Yeah. Um, The only one I think physically that I do that I can't control is the eye contact one. Um. I can't, I, I, well, I can make eye contact with people, but I can't maintain it for longer than a couple of seconds at a time. I will just glance at them, you know, and make eye contact and then look away. Yeah. Or sometimes I just won't look at them at all. Yeah. Um. Well, I will look at them, but just not their face. Um. And the only time I ever look at people's faces is when they're not looking at me uh, and then I'll see their face. But I don't ever look at people if they're looking at me, yeah. I'm good at knowing when someone's looking at me and when they're not. So I'm usually good at knowing when to look and when not to look. Yeah. So that's the only one I have that I reckon is like an obvious physical autistic trait. I mean, obviously there's probably loads of like mini ones that I'm not aware of that this guy that was diagnosing you picked up on. Um, but yeah, all mine are, it's, it's more of the social etiquette and what's a normal thing to do when you're talking to someone and what's a normal question to ask. And cause you always ask me all the time when I've had conversations with people, um you always say well 
how did this happen? And I'm like, oh, I don't know. And there's things about people that I've known for a long time that I just don't know about their lives because I don't ask questions. No, you don't. I don't do stuff. You were telling me things about your parents and like, you know, like how they met and how long they've been together and all that (laughs) kind of stuff. And I know nothing about that. Yeah. Um, I don't know anything about like my parents in their like, I guess, previous like pre me days. Yeah. You know, Uh, and there's things about them that happened while I was alive that I never found out about because I never asked the question. And sometimes I'll talk to my brother and he'll be like, well, you know, obviously, because this happened. And I'll be like, did it? And he'll be like, yes. How do you not know that? And I'll be like, I just don't know that. And I don't ask people stuff. I don't ask people questions. I don't go into I always feel like if somebody wants me to know something, they'll tell me. I don't feel the need to get it out of them. Uh, like I used to watch Emily talk to people and find out loads of things about them but I don't ask those questions I've never asked those questions yeah and I suppose that's the thing there's loads of things about I've known people for a long time there's loads of people I know that I've known for years but I don't there's big parts of their life that you think I would know because of how long I've known them and I'm like don't know not sure never ask them and even you know to ask that kind of stuff so you always find out those things about people uh, whereas I don't but then, like, your autistic tells, I suppose, are the things that show you're autistic. Are, I always feel they're way more obvious, but I guess that's because you have a lot of physical ones. Yeah. You know? You're definitely, like, you have things. I mean, like, even, like, right now. Like, one of the main ones that we've talked about <laughs> a lot lately with you is you're a fidgeter. <laughs> you constantly fidget. Like, you are unable to stay still <laughs> for any, like, substantial amount of time. Yeah, I know. Like you constantly are moving at some point. Part of you is always moving. Either you're <laughs> fully moving all the time. So you're always like, your legs are always moving, your arms are always moving. Or it'll be like weird mini movements. Part of you will be moving all the time. It's just, uh, it might just be something you can't tell. Uh, and that's something I've always noticed with you is you're, you're incapable of sitting still. <laughs> like in any way. Like you can't stay completely still for... I mean, like, it's, I swear it's like less than a minute before you start moving again. <laughs> like, you just can't do it. Um, and I never really picked up on it before, but it is something I've started to notice lately. Uh, but then when I think about it, it's just how you've always been. You just can't stay still. Yeah, I can't. I think when you, if you think about it, I think if you get in your head and you think about staying still, you can. But you can't stay with that thought of stay still. Eventually, you'll start <laughs> thinking about something else. And the second you do, part of you will start moving again. Yeah. Like, even when you're sat down, something will be doing something. I imagine when you're sat at your desk at work working, you may be, like, on your computer and thinking about something. But I imagine your legs are doing something that you're yeah. not aware of. Or your hand is doing something that you're not aware of. And you're always constantly moving about. Yeah, because I, I feel like... Well, I feel like with you, for example, you'll sit in a chair and then you're like, oh, this feels comfortable. But I never feel comfortable. So I'm always like repositioning myself to try and feel comfortable. But I don't. Yeah. <laughs> you, yeah, you don't. Uh, I'm assuming when you're asleep, you do. But generally, you know I mean? like I, I wouldn't know. Yeah. Um, But when you're moving around, I mean, when you're sat or during like, I think even when you're walking, you're still doing something your hands are always doing something or doing like you're always moving part of you even like it's just 
I know your legs are moving, so you're moving anyway, but just there's you have a lot of the fidgets. A lot of the fidget stims are one of yours that you're always doing all the time. Yeah, I am a fidgeter. You're always rubbing something or shuffling about or that kind of thing. You just, you're unable to stay still. Yeah. Uh, and that's one of the ones I would say that's, I think no matter how much you want to try and hide that, that's there. But then I guess... Do you mean like all this stuff's fine and it's all right if you know what you're looking for? But I guess for a lot of people, if they don't know autistic traits, then I guess they wouldn't notice them anyway. Because uh, you don't tell a lot of people that you're autistic at all. No. Um, and I guess you're not obviously autistic because people would have noticed by now. And I don't think anyone's ever said to you, have you ever thought about the fact that you might be autistic? You know? Yeah. No one's ever asked that. No, no. one's ever secretly thought about do you know what I mean? Like you being autistic, like when I first met you, we didn't really get talking, talking and getting to know each other until like maybe a year after we'd actually initially met. Yeah. I used to work with you on a, you know, semi-regular basis, but I would never think that's weird that she's doing that or that she's doing this. You've got nothing that's obvious. So it's still, do you know what I mean? Like little stuff. But then once you know what you're looking for, you get to know you. I didn't really notice it in you until... You uh, just explained to me how you were when you were younger and, you know, how you are now and how you hate doing certain things and you weren't very social and this sort of stuff that yeah it made me realise. And obviously you've got a lot more sensory stuff than I do. Yeah. Like your reactions to light is one of your main ones. Um, you don't do well with bright anything. No. <laughs> uh, it does seem to bother you a lot. Um, not so much like the sun or going out when it's bright. You know, naturally wise, I just always find like it's lighting. It's like artificial lighting. I mean, artificial lighting is a lot worse. I don't really, I don't like the bright sun much, but yeah, it's definitely, I have a real issue with artificial lights. I really don't like looking at screens, which I mean, my whole job is on a computer. So I don't, I don't love that, but I don't like I mean, I talk about it all the time. I don't like screens. I don't want to, like, be on my phone all the time. I don't like watching TV for long periods of time. Um, and I prefer being... It's not like I prefer being outdoors to indoors, but I like doing something physical. If I've been sat watching TV for maybe more than more than an hour or two, then I kind of want to get out and just move about and not be looking at a screen. Whereas I don't feel like you have as much of an issue with it as I do. No. Um, but then I'm more in my head than you are. Mm. So like I'm more, I'm more with my thoughts. I think a lot, you know, like I have a lot of like recurring thoughts or loads of thoughts at the same time. And I'm more focused on what's going on in my head pretty much constantly. So I think like that's the thing with me. I'm, sometimes I don't even recognize what's going on with me physically. I'm less in touch with my own physical like form to like me mentally than you are. It's why I have issues remembering to drink or eat or recognizing that I'm tired. Um, yeah. Uh, and things like that, uh, like pain in general. So like when I'm in pain, um, I don't notice it as much as like other people do. Same with like if I'm ill. I don't notice that I'm ill as much as other people do. I kind of recognise that there's something, but then I I don't think about it. So I'm like less in touch with me physically, whereas you're more the other way. 
you're very aware of what's going on with your body most of the time um and so much so that it distracts you from your thoughts so i think like when you think you've been sat watching telly too long you can feel it that you've been sat yeah. watching telly too long so you need to go and do a walk or do something else whereas with me i don't recognize that i've been sat in a position for too long so much so that sometimes i've been sat in a weird position too long watching something or playing something that when i get up I'm like really stiff and like hunched over and can't seem to straighten my back up initially. And I don't notice that I've been in the same position for a very long time. Yeah. Yeah. See, I notice. I notice that. I think that's why I fidget a lot. Yeah. Um, but I think also with what you were saying about more at the beginning when you were talking about other people affecting your autism, I don't think I have that because I don't think I really feel like people... It, so so a lot of yours the people that affect you because you don't um really socialize too much outside of work um not that you don't ever you do but i mean i haven't in a long time yeah i used to but i can't be the last time i socialized with anybody that but, i work with or no apart from you and family that's it i don't yeah. see anybody else unless i'm i guess in some ways forced to or, see them. or like emily Oh, yeah, I suppose, yeah. Yeah, yeah like Emily yeah. and Chris. So, but I mean, with your work colleagues more than anything else, like I wouldn't include your your family or Emily and Chris or do, do you know what I mean? Like people that you would see outside work. But with work colleagues, I feel like they they are the ones that generally cause you the problems um, that you sometimes have or that they bother you um, because obviously you know you're you're choosing for for example when we meet like emily for a coffee or something or you see her it's a choice and she doesn't cause you to have that reaction whereas it's more so people at work where you don't really have the choice you have to be around them yeah. they cause you these these certain issues but i don't really have that because i think when i'm at work or in that situation i don't really see those people as able to affect me I suppose I almost feel like there's a, a barrier up. I feel like it's not really me when I'm there. And it's not that I don't like some my colleagues because I do. There's some people that I work with that I actually do like um, a lot. And like I sometimes do go for lunch with them or something like I, I don't I don't mind interacting with them, but I don't interact with them outside of work really at all. And when things happen, when people do things at work that might be, I suppose, irritating or could be negative towards me, like say I get told off for doing something wrong or someone is a little bit, I don't know, someone's a bit two-faced or something like that towards me, it just doesn't really bother me. Yeah, well, in, that would bother me. Yeah. Like a, massively. Yeah, like I notice with you that's the sort of things that bother you, but with me... I, I don't really feel like it's happening to me, I suppose. I almost feel like there's such a barrier up between me there because when I'm at work, I don't, like, nobody there knows that I'm autistic. I don't really discuss my private life that much other than, you know, like, I might mention the odd thing, like, oh, this weekend I'm doing this, or do you, do you know what I mean? Like, little things like that, but I don't, I don't really go into, like, my thoughts and feelings on the world or anything like that. I don't talk about the fact I'm autistic. I don't act in a way that's autistic. I don't dress the way that I dress outside of work. I have a way that I dress at work that is very different to outside of work. So I almost just don't really feel like it's me when I'm there. And 
whoever they're talking to, if they're telling someone off or if they're being a bit rude behind my back about me and I find out about it or something like that, it feels like it's not happening to me. So when I come out of work, I, even when I'm in there, to be honest, it doesn't bother me. I just sort of let it happen and I don't feel the same way about it as you do. Like, I don't really take it personally. Like, sometimes I'll mention it to you but I don't really feel like it ever bothers me in the way that it bothers you. Yeah. I mean, I think it's because during like, a, and obviously because it's, it's what we said is like my, most of my things that uh, affect like me autistically are to do with like my mental like thought processes and like in my head and yours is more of a physical thing. Yeah. And I suppose people who say stuff, or are too faced or behave in a certain way and that kind of thing. It, it doesn't affect you physically. Yeah. Therefore, you don't notice and it doesn't bother you. In the same way, if someone did something that affected me physically, I wouldn't be that bothered. Uh, you know, we talked about it before uh, ages ago. It was about a couple of years ago now when I got I got like attacked by like two like I think it was like three lads on mopeds. They kicked me off my bicycle when I was cycling home. Yeah. I wasn't that bothered by them, you know? Like, I came off, I damaged my leg, uh, they damaged my bike to the point where I couldn't ride it. I had to get it repaired. I called the police. The police pretty much said there's nothing they can do about it because they all had helmets on, there was no CCTV. I didn't know any of them, therefore there's nothing they can do. So I bought a GoPro, you know, I have a camera on my helmet now and I cycle to and from work just in case it might happen again. I've got video footage. But that was it. I didn't ever think about them again. I don't ever, you know, I still cycle the same way. Sometimes people on mopeds go past me. I don't ever think, is that them? Or are they going to slow down and try and kick me off my bike? The thought doesn't enter my head because all they did is they affected me physically and it didn't bother me that much. Yeah. Whereas if somebody's two-faced or if somebody says something or if somebody does something that it kind of like, I'll have like my own thought processes and I need my own like, way of doing things my own routine my own schedule my own this is how this works i have to be in control of everything which we've mentioned i have to be in control of all my interactions i have to be in control of what i do i can't deal with being told what to do by anyone ever i've never been able to yeah i have to be in control of everything and i know that sounds weird because i have a job and i have people that are in charge of me but usually the thing that they want me to do is the thing that i would be doing anyway so there's like a harmony almost where they're not really telling me what to do because i was already going to do it so it's fine. Yeah. Um, and the way I do everything is I have my own plan. And if somebody tells me to do something, I have to do it my own way. And it has to be what I wanted to do. And if I don't do that, it, it causes massive effect on me. And there's things you tell me about that happen at your work that I just think if that was me, that would drive me mad. Yeah. Whereas you're just like, that's fine. I'm not bothered. So... Like, I have to have everything. And if somebody is two-faced or someone talks about me a certain way or someone does something that affects me mentally, it's kind of like this thing where I have my pure thoughts. Like, my thoughts are, like, black and white. They're, like, clinical. Like, they, they work in a certain way. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like a machine. Yeah. But then if someone does something, it, it's kind of like something's happened and the machine stopped. And, like, these thoughts, this thing that's happened, is just it's overshadowing everything. All my thoughts are now being taken over by this one event that's happened and it's just something somebody said or something somebody did 
Uh, you know, it can just be a, literally a case of somebody says something about me and I can't just let it go. I can't just think like, whatever, what do they know? And they just said it. Do you mean like sometimes because I, I work in customer service, sometimes I get called names by customers. And obviously for a lot of people, they just think, oh, this is, you know, that's it. That's that's customer service for you. Whereas for me, like it stays with me. I don't react to it. I don't really particularly say anything to the customer, but like that thought of what they said is with me for ages and ages and ages. Somebody calls me a name or, you know, for example, I was walking to meet you uh, a few nights ago uh, and someone was walking behind me and apparently I was swaying while I was walking in a straight line. I didn't notice I was. Uh, but this guy got next to me and just went, try and walk in a straight line, eh, mate? And that annoyed me more than anything. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it did. Like I... I literally told him to shut up <laughs> and then he went into a shop. But then I was annoyed for the whole time that I was walking to meet you. I mentioned it to you when we were walking back. Uh, and even now when I think about it, I think, whatever. Like, do you know what I mean? I wasn't swaying that much. What's he talking about? Like, maybe he was the one that was swaying. Or if you wanted past me, why didn't he just say something? Do you mean like that stayed with me? Yeah. Um, whereas I feel like for you, say the same thing happens, you're not that bothered. But say you, there was somebody at your workplace that, not that this would happen, but say they had a torch and they were just shining it in your face incrementally. Just every now and then, they yeah. just turn it on and put it in your face and put it down. Turn it on and put it in your face, put it down like every now and then, just at random. Yeah. Throughout the day. I don't think you'd be able to let that go. No, yeah, that would bother me. I, even after you came back from work, I think you'd be telling me about it. And I think, like, every time somebody talked about it or if somebody, like, got a torch out, you'd be like, oh, it reminds me of that guy with the torch that was showing my face. And I think, like, if people do stuff to you that trigger you, like, physically, that's where you are. Because, like, even as a, like, slight example, I think that's why you're able to just go to sleep. You know, when you go to bed at night, like, I stay awake because I think <laughs> about stuff. Yeah. Like, and it's because I'm in my head and I'm thinking about things and it's, like, it's my thoughts are keeping me awake. Whereas because you're not really with your thoughts and more with you physically, you just sort of go, oh, my body's tired, and then you're out, you know? Yeah. And I think that's the same thing. I think if you worked in a place that was like a building site or someone was drilling constantly, oh, actually, yeah, there was a building being built next door to your building. Yeah. Um, when you were at work, they were building a new thing. There was a construction people. There was loads of people banging and drilling and doing stuff. Like, that seemed to be, like, you were talking about that for ages. You're talking about how annoying it is and how loud it is yeah. and how it's always going on and they're always doing something and, you know, I mean, like you couldn't deal with the sound of it, you know? Yeah. So I just feel like that's that's it with you. I feel like anyone can say anything to you or, do you know, like that kind of thing and you just kind of just sort of, yeah, whatever. Like, I'm not really... Uh... A lot of the time stuff like that makes me laugh. Like, I, I find stuff like that quite funny. Um, the... Anything that's anything that is, I guess, designed to not even get to you, but when when people behave in certain ways, I find it I find it funny, even if I'm like the target of it. I suppose like if somebody calls me a name or does it anything like that, I I quite enjoy it. I like some. I got told I did something wrong at work the other day, but the way that the person went about explaining it to me was very. I guess trying to draw attention to me and quite publicly make it a big deal so that everyone was aware almost. But I thought it was so funny the way they went about it that uh, I feel like my reaction to it was not what they wanted. But I just I just found the whole thing really amusing. Um, 
I don't know. I stuff like that doesn't really bother. Yeah, it doesn't bother me at all. Um, the I guess the way people behave towards me. If someone's nasty to me or nice, it doesn't doesn't really make a difference. If someone's nasty to me, it won't necessarily make me dislike them. If anything, sometimes I actually quite like it. Uh, because then I think at least I know who you are. I know, like, I respect more your, you obviously don't like me, but you're, you're making it clear to my face. It, I guess it kind of makes me like them in a, in a strange way. Um, and yeah, I don't, people just don't bother me. Like the way somebody feels about me, I don't care. The way someone acts towards me, I, I don't really care either I think I'm <laughs> I think I'm just in my own bubble with other people I suppose yeah it's the things the things that get to me are things that um are things like sound and lights and physical things like that I suppose they do get to me but yeah the I guess the the mind stuff the mentality things just don't have an effect well we're both like it's both uh like how we are socially is both i guess it is quite autistic in a sense because you you're so like dis like detached from what socially what's going on all the time yeah it's like everyone else is involved like when there's big groups of people all involved in what's going on with each other all talking about things they're all like everyone knows each other's stuff people have opinions on things Do you mean like they're all doing it but you're kind of like you just kind of detach from it all. You don't really involve yourself. You don't really talk about the things they talk about. You don't talk about yourself that much. Yeah. Uh, like you've said before, you only talk when you think there's worth something worth saying. Um, and like there's that to you. you. You're kind of like not alienated, but you're kind of disconnected from everything. Yeah. Uh, you don't really involve yourself in conversations unless you need to or this is a conversation that you have to be part of. But you'll never just get involved, you know, like if two people are talking about someone and you know there's someone they're talking about, you never think like, oh, I wonder what they're talking about. I'm going to get involved in that. You just kind of just think, yeah, that's nothing to do with me. Uh, and like that in itself is like you don't join in socially with people unless you have to join in. Yeah. Um, but if you don't have to, you won't. And I think that's something that, you know, can be seen as autistic is because you're socially isolated a lot of the time because you prefer to be that way uh and you're only ever in stuff unless you have to be stuff like even with like your own family like there's loads of things that go on with them like they have like the whatsapp chats and all that kind of stuff and they all know each other's stuff and they're all talking about stuff but you kind of just think like i'm not involved in that mm. and you kind of disconnect from it all yeah um and you know like with me it's the opposite I I have to know everything about everyone and everything that's going on, even if it has nothing to do with me. Uh, I, for some reason, I need as much information as I can about everybody and everything. And then I'll decide whether or not it's worth knowing or not knowing. Like, I don't even like it when I hear two people talking and I don't know what they're talking about. Uh, for example, sometimes I, uh, last week I heard two people talking about a movie and I didn't know what film they were talking about because the the things they were saying or the key words they were saying about it, it didn't fit any films I'd ever heard of. So I needed to know what film it was. Like I had to go over and be like, what film are you talking about? And then when they told me, I was like, great. And was <laughs> I was like, I know now, I know what they're talking about. Um, and I need to know, but the trouble is with me is like when I involve myself socially, which I do all the time, I'm always inserting myself socially into stuff um, or having to know it causes like reactions in me that would be considered not appropriate 
to the conversation or not the right response to a certain situation and that kind of thing. So, do you mean like I've got that where socially I don't know how to behave, but for some reason I need to know everything. And the thing with me as well is when people are talking and I don't know what they're talking about or who they're talking about, I immediately assume that they're talking about me. And that's what it is and that they must be talking about me and that's why I don't know what they're saying or that's why they're being quiet. And some people just talk quietly because they're just talking amongst themselves, you know. But my immediate reaction is they're having a conversation about me because I don't know what they're having a conversation about. And then I have to work out what it is they're talking about so I can then decide whether or not it's me. And then once I work out it's not me, I still listen, but not as much. But then when I think they are, um, sometimes random people turn up to like my workplace that I haven't seen for a while. And I think, are they here for me? Are they here to talk about me? Like, and then I need to find out why they're here and what's going on and, you know, what it is and... Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, is it related to me? And I can't just leave it. And I, I'm weird. And like, I seem like agitated and uh, like on edge. And it's not even anything to be worried about. But for some reason, I start thinking like, why are they here? What's going on? And then like, I'll talk to you later on. And I'm giving you all these theories on what I think happened and what it is. Or it could be this or it could be that. Or maybe this is happening. And I'm like that with you all the time. Yeah. If I don't know about everything about something, I start like weirdly obsessing about it. And then having a conversation with you about, do you think it's this? Or do you think they mean that? Or do you think this is going to happen? Or I reckon it's this. You know what I mean? Like, and then it's, it's all I'm thinking about. And it's constant thoughts. I'm just always like talking to you all the time about everything that's going on. So then I'm having to, next time I see somebody else that's slightly involved, I'm asking them everything they know and the next person, everything they know. And I'm like that. Yeah. Whereas you, you're not like that. You you just you just think, well, if it would involve me, I'd know about it. And I don't know about it, therefore it doesn't involve me, so it doesn't matter. Yes, that is my thought process. Yeah. Yeah, I can't I can't live my life that way. <laughs> It'd be too much. What? Not caring? Um I don't know. I I guess like I suppose you don't I suppose it is not caring, but you don't need to appear NT. I'm not saying no. you need to appear autistic, but you just like to appear as you and you just do what you feel is natural to yourself. Yeah. Whereas I feel like I have to appear like everyone else. And therefore, the more I know about people and the more I know about what's going on in a situation and, you know, the more details I have on everything, the easier it is for me to blend in, I suppose. Therefore, I have to find out what's going on with everyone all the time. Um, but I don't need to know anything like, like I say, like I don't find out about people's pasts. I don't find out about people, who people are as a person. I don't ask them questions about, you know, their likes or dislikes. I just need to know what's happening at this exact point. Like at this time, somebody is talking to somebody about something and I need to know what that is. But I don't ever think like I should learn as much about this person as possible. So I know or can kind of guess where they're coming from with their behaviors I just need to know the current, this is what they're doing. And then I build my, I build all my like beliefs or like, I suppose, profiles on people based on the things I've seen them do and what they do now and, you know, at the time or how they behave in it, in certain situations that I've seen. But I never ask people about like things they've done with their lives or what they like and don't like and, you know, that kind of thing. I never get to know them personally. I just watch them do everything and then base my, you know, thoughts on who they are based on what I've seen them do. It's very interesting uh, because I feel like the way we, I guess, 
not even carry like portray ourselves is is quite different um and you can tell it's quite different like i think if we had to meet someone or uh like we we had to uh i guess a meeting thing um the other day the group conversation you were talking about oh the phone uh, call yeah yeah so it was like a three-way phone call meeting thing and uh i would say we just come across as completely different people yeah um and the, the way we present ourselves as well i mean that was on the phone so that was just from the way we spoke but the way we present is, is also very different we're just uh it's quite interesting yeah, yeah. I mean, we're completely, completely opposite people, um, <laughs> but we both have the same diagnosis. Yeah. That's always the thing that's, I guess, interesting about me and you is I would say we're completely opposite on pretty much everything yeah. on how we do stuff. There's certain things, obviously, we've got. We have similarities for some yeah, stuff. Yeah. And we have certain beliefs on certain things that are the same. Uh, it's just the way we go about them are differently. You know, it's different the way we take stuff on or do things you know we have the same like beliefs and stuff or the same thoughts on things and like i say we both got diagnosed by the same unit with the same diagnosis yeah but we're completely opposite to each other pretty much about everything um but i would say that our autism has shaped who we are for both of us what i think is kind of interesting as well is that and this is just being like very stereotypical um, but from a lot of things that I've read, because we, we did like the episode on gender and uh, as I know we've both talked about the, the kind of, well, we've, I guess, briefly talked about the not necessarily really identifying as a specific gender. And it's not deliberate. It's just not really like a feeling like I never think of myself in a particular box of gender mm. um, or feel like I have to conform to a particular stereotype but from what i've read about autism the traits that they have for female and male i would say we kind of have the reverse in that a lot of the traits that you have um are often linked to the the more feminine traits i suppose of of autism and a lot of the traits that I have and not not all of them this is like I say this is being really stereotypical and really general and it's not something that I like to do anyway in stereotyping I just think it's quite interesting because um we we do have I suppose almost like the reverse for a lot of them yeah uh obviously on our Facebook page and like private messages and stuff we get uh, there's this thing that's been made up by the people that listen to this um, podcast, which is they sometimes say they're either Team Nikki or Team Scarlet, depending on where they are with a topic or what we're talking about. Some say, oh, I'm very Team Nikki on this one or I'm very Team Scarlet on this one. I have noticed that the majority of people that say that they're Team Nikki and they do the things that I do, I would say that most of those people are female or identify as female yeah uh and i've noticed that there's a lot of male listeners to this that will say that they're team scarlet uh and i have noticed that as as something i picked up the other day i there's not there's a majority of yeah uh, female listeners to the show that will say that they do things the same way i do things um and yeah i have noticed that yeah and i have looked up female or what's considered typical female asperger traits and um 
I seem to carry a lot of the female ones. And yeah, same with you with the male ones. You have yeah. a lot of the male ones. I also know that it's easier to diagnose uh, males than females. And the other thing that I think is interesting is my diagnosis process took way longer than yours did. Yeah. Yours was actually really quick. It took a long time for you to wait. You were waiting a year to see someone. Yeah. But once you did see someone, they did just three interviews with you. Is it three or two? They did three. Three interviews with you, called your mom. That was it. Yeah. Diagnosed. You were diagnosed with inside like what, a couple of months? Yeah. Whereas for me, I didn't wait as long as you to see someone. But when I did see someone, they had to do the three interviews. They had to interview my mom. They did a series of tests with me where they made me do all these like uh, I've mentioned before, but like, you know, they made me do some tests, basically, some of the ones. And then they had to talk to my ex-girlfriend at the time as well. They interviewed her. Then they talked to a therapist I was seeing at the time as well. And then they made me do another interview with a different um doctor the other person that did the unit uh and it mine took a while it took them like three four months to decide whether or not i was yeah which you know i, I read that like it's harder to diagnose women so it's interesting that yours seem to be whatever and like this yeah there's just certain stuff i do that would be that way so yeah it's interesting yeah and our interests as well um again like it's 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 super gen generalized but i do think it's very interesting because the things that I guess like our thinking, the way we think about things, I think the more masculine way of thinking is the way that I think about things. I'm um, like, I am more emotional than you, which is typically considered more feminine to ha to be more emotional. So in that sense, we, we fit into yeah. the, I suppose like the boxes, but then I'm, a lot more logical um, and the way I I kind of dissect things into just a, a very methodical way of going about it and the way I do things in general is very methodical I do things in an order I do things very I'm I always say I'm efficient I do things very efficiently yeah in that I try and do as much as I can in a particular order in the quickest amount of time Whereas you are a lot more, um, you will go about things in, you You don't always follow what I see as an order. No. It kind of just tends to be whatever catches your eye at that particular moment. Like, for instance, if I'm tidying, I will go like room by room, each section of the room at a time. I'll know what should go first because it will link to other things. Whereas you will just... You'll walk into a room, you'll see something that's out of place, but then something in another room will catch your eye. So you'll go into that room and do that. And then you might sit down and have a little think for a little while and then you'll pick back up. Like, And same with our interests. I really like things that are like maths, science, whereas you are a lot more artistic. Um, and you you like sort of like drawing and yeah. a, a lot more arty, I, I suppose. And again, these are things that, I would generally put into some sort of gender specific box. Mm. I don't know if gender's the right word. I'm not sure because I know there's different I don't know what masculine and feminine fall under now. I don't I don't know if it is gender or just I don't know. Yeah. But wow. um yeah, it, it it's interesting I think because we we do fall into sort of different categories. I I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, you know, we should probably do an episode on the, what is considered like male autism and female autism. I know we've done one on gender before, but maybe just look at it more like what the categories are or what are the traits and like yeah. how realistic that is for me and you. Yeah, it would be quite interesting, I think, because I don't know that we necessarily conform to... No. And that's the thing. I don't know that... I, you can you can put the a general, I suppose, a norm, but it doesn't mean that it has to be adhered to or that it is a lot of the time. No, I, I mean, I've, I've never followed a lot of the masculine or male behaviours in general, like autism aside. Um, I've always not been considered like what's con- traditionally male behavior. Yeah. Uh, everyone's always thought that about me, like for as long as I've known that I'm not considered like a manly man or whatever, just because of the way I am and the way I talk and the way I behave. Well, not the way I talk, but like just the way I am. Uh, it's not considered like what would be considered, I don't know. It's just one of those things with me. But anyway. Uh, that's it for this week unless there's anything you want to add no thanks again everyone for listening uh, you can find us in the usual places just look for them Asperger's on Instagram Twitter and Facebook uh, we have a private chat group on Facebook as well if you want to join and you want to talk about autism you can either talk about our podcast or anything you want if you've just got general questions it's a good place to do that there is also an email address which is them Asperger's at gmail.com um but yeah that's it for this week uh yeah thank you everybody for listening bye